0: Psalm chapter twenty three offers a whole lot of ways that we can avoid uh, stress, and there's uh, four different uh, angles that we're going to look at in the, this twenty uh, third Psalm. That I believe that God's going to help us with uh, uh, some things that that I think you know, just with life in general. There's a lot of things that we have to worry about. Uh, we shouldn't worry about, but we do. And uh, whether it be finances or families or jobs or uh, health. Uh, you can just name them, you know, whatever would come to your mind uh, that would cause you to worry and to just, uh, you know, uh, be afraid. Maybe, it, you know, we can even have a, a little bit of fear with our worry. And I guess that's a, a twinge of what true worry is all about, is fearing what we don't have control over. And uh, and that is where we've got to relinquish control, and I'm going to talk about that tonight, and let the Lord be the Lord of our lives. And when we do that, when we have an understanding of who the Lord really is and what He thinks of us, I think that we can grasp a hold of the concept that the Lord is my shepherd. And when we can understand how much He thinks of us and how much He cares for us, uh, then we don't have to fret and we don't have to worry about the things that this life uh, can bring our way and uh, things that may happen tomorrow that we have absolutely uh, no control over, but it seems like we worry about those things very often. And so we're going to look first, uh, I think the first cause of stress, and this is what we're going to look at uh, in this uh, mini-series or this series, is uh, is worry. And I think that this is probably the number one thing that, uh, you know, uh, no matter what age you're at, I was uh, talking to somebody today, uh, a younger mother, she's got three little kids, the youngest, the oldest is eight years old, and they go down from there. And I said, you know, she's got a lot on her plate, and she'll let me know about the busyness of life and things that break down or whatever and uh, her husband uh does best he can he's you know out of town a lot so she has things that you know goes wrong while he's he's gone and she's just telling me about life and i said you know the 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 responsibilities that you have right now i can remember when our kids were younger i said you know but as they get older you know, you don't. You you're still concerned about them. You're always thinking about their safety and their well-being. And just because they're bigger, you know, than what they they were, obviously, they're. Uh, but they're still your children. They'll always be your kids. And so, what I'm trying to say here is that the worries that we have or the concerns that we have, uh, will always be there. It's not gonna. Uh, you know, we're always gonna have responsibilities and concerns and that. But when we turn it into worry, I don't believe that that's the will of God. And I think that we can do better in that regard as far as the the way that we handle the concerns of life. And so I think that, uh, first of all, uh, there's three problems with worry. Worry is unhelpful, it's unreasonable, and it's unhealthy. Amen? And all three of these are, uh, I believe, will apply to the the, uh, the trait of worrying. The unhelpful, it's unhelpful because it accomplishes or solves uh, nothing at all. Uh, we can worry and we can fret and we can think about it and we can rehearse it in our mind and we can get our blood pumping and our, uh, you know, our, our face turning red and we can get you know start biting the fingernails or whatever we do that causes the, the stress of whatever that is that we're worrying about. But it absolutely accomplishes nothing at all. Now, I'm not saying that we should be flipping about everything. It doesn't matter what is going on in our life. Like, you know, no big deal. Got to take care of that tomorrow. Well, you know what? You probably need to pay that electric bill if you still want power, right? So we do have responsibilities. It's not that we are taking a, a break from any responsibility, but we don't have to worry about things that are out of our control. And that's what I, I think that the, the biggest lesson, I think, in life is, you know, we can, we can be stewing without doing you know oh you know what are we going to do how are we going to take care of this how are we going to take care of this problem but we're really not accomplishing anything it's kind of like a a car that's in park and you can rev that engine you can have smoke coming out it can be loud and it can make all kinds of noise but you know what you're not going anywhere it's in park and you're just revving up and you can, you know, make all kinds of sounds and, you know, and, and have the smoke blaring out of the, the engine and the exhaust and, but you're really not accomplishing anything. You're not going anywhere. So that, I think that's what worry is all about. Uh, we can worry ourselves uh, uh, just sick over something and we're literally not getting anywhere in our life. And, and so as we look at the word of God... Psalm chapter uh, 23 and verse number 1, it lets us know a few things about how we are to handle the worries of life or the, or the concerns of life. Amen. Uh, it's unhelpful. It's unreasonable. It exaggerates problems. When you worry about something, uh, you know, I remember as a kid the test the next day, you know, and see, I, I was stewing without doing. If I didn't study, then, you know, I probably had a reason that I was worrying, you know, because I wasn't going to do very well. Well, guess what you think about that, and you think about it all night long, you think, well, you know, I'm, I'm really dreading what's going to happen here, and usually it wasn't as bad as you, you thought it would be, but you exaggerate You make it so big, so much bigger than, you know, you even being able to accomplish whatever it might be. It exaggerates the problem. The body was not made uh, to worry. It's unnatural. When you worry, uh, you get the ulcers, you get the back aches, you get the heartaches. Uh, you, you get the, the stress. Uh, you get the, the insomnia. Uh, these things are unnatural. And I don't believe that God has made us uh, to, to worry. That's not the way we, that we were created. And our bodies respond in a negative way because that's not the way that God had created us to be. The old English word uh, for worry means to strangle or choke. And that's literally the the trait of worry it will it will choke the life out of you and if you let it now you know i'm I'm being a little bit more dramatic or maybe a little extreme, but if you allow that continually to to work on you and you're always fretting about something, whether it be tomorrow or next week or maybe ten years down the road, and you're that. You know that you're you're that parent that's worrying about you know what about when, uh, whenever they go to college are they gonna what college are they gonna go to and you know they're only uh, they're eight years old you know and you're looking ten years down the road that, well you know what at eight years old you've got enough concerns for today you don't have to look all the way down ten years down the road but if you understand what I'm saying here is that in life you know there is so much that goes on in life that we cannot take the the, the full dose at one time. It's got to be in increments. It's got to be. That's why the Bible says, you know, that that, you know, don't worry about tomorrow. It's going to take care of itself. But today is the day that you need to you need to focus on, because God knew that we can't handle what's down the road. You know, imagine this when you first uh, got married and, you know, your happy wedding day and and somehow God would allow you to see your entire uh, life, maybe the next uh, 40, 50 years down the road. Can you imagine how much I would not want that to take place? There's no way. It would be overwhelming. It would be so incredibly, uh, you know, uh, we could sometimes we look at just the sad parts, right? And we're like, okay, you know, that's good, 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 good. But what about this here? And I'm telling you, there can be a lot of, of just bad things. And I'm not, you know, being negative. That's just what life is all about. God understood that, and he knew that, you know, humanity cannot take a, a full dose of life or a full dose of, of you know, our concern for our children or for our spouse or for our parents in one dose. So we've got it one day at a time, and, and if there's anything that I, you know, I want to instill in our church is that... You know, I felt a little bit bad while I was preaching Sunday. I felt like I was a little whiny about my Mondays, and I, I, I really literally felt bad about that. Somebody was praying for me because I, I endured my Monday okay, but, but I, I did feel bad about that because I, I felt like, you know, I'm looking at tomorrow instead of just looking at this day right now. You know, and that's, that's really what we've got to do. We've got to focus on one activity, one moment, one problem, one challenge. Uh, one uh, a wonderful day at a time because you know what? And I was kidding with the kids last night, and they were they were kind of laughing. I was just being a little bit dramatic. I said, "You know, kids, I'm getting ready to go to bed." I said, "But this day is almost over." I said, "You know, we will never have this day again. It's over, you know." And I'm joking around with them, saying, "This is the day that it's going to end." This day will end, and we'll never get this day back. And they're looking at me like you're looking at me right now. And I'm just joking around with them, you know. And when you think about it, you know, we get one shot at each day, you know. Yeah, there, we're not promised another day, but there probably will be another day, and then there'll probably be a day after that. But we truly need to live our life and grasp a hold and enjoy the moment and the days that we have, because you know there there's just a blessing in knowing. And when you're living for the Lord, the Bible says this is the day that the Lord has made. He's not talking about tomorrow is the day or the day after that. He said, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm telling you, this is the day that you have today. You don't have tomorrow yet. You're not even promised tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. But this day today is what you need to focus on right now. And so that that English word strangles the the life out of you. That's how harsh. That word worry is in in the old English and even today, I mean, you know, you think of the the word worry and it's got a negative connotation about it. You don't want to think about uh, worrying about something that usually represents something very negative or something fearful. But we were not born to worry—that That is not the way God had made us. So it's a learned trait. It's something that, you know, a baby doesn't, they're not born with worrying about things. They don't even, they're not even aware of what's going on around them. So I feel like if it's, it can be a learned trait, we can also unlearn it. You know, we can, we can release that. If it's not a natural thing that God has given to us, but we almost pick up as we get older in life, it's something that we can also lay aside too. We don't have to fall into that trap. Now, what is the antidote to worry? We need to. This is number one right here. We need to believe God will take care of you or that God will take care of me. We need to have faith in that. So when I say the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, you know, I wanted us all to say that because th- those are powerful words. The Lord is my shepherd. Amen. And I shall not want. And, you know, that's one thing to say, well, that's a, that's nice scripture. We you know, we read that at funerals and, you know, and it's it's times of comfort. But every day we need to live by that, that an understanding that truly, truly the Lord is my shepherd. Amen. And he's going to take care of me. I believe that God is going to take care of, of everything in my life. Amen? That's, that should be our mindset at all times, and that I don't have to worry about these things. Now, how does making God my shepherd become the antidote to worry in my life? You have to know what shepherds do. What, you know, uh, it's one thing to say, well, the Lord's my shepherd, but what does that mean? What, what, what does that mean when you say the Lord is my shepherd? Is he just wandering around in a pasture somewhere, singing a song on a harp? What does that mean? What what does a shepherd represent? A shepherd provides food, shelter, and the basic necessities for the sheep. The shepherd protects. He defends against enemies and harm. A shepherd, he'll guide, and he'll lead sheep when they're confused, and they don't know where to go. So all these things so far, that's a very positive thing for a shepherd. A shepherd corrects any problem that comes along, he's going to correct it. And in the natural, he's going to do his best. The shepherd will do his best to solve the the problem of the sheep. But beyond that, we don't have just an earthly shepherd. We don't have just a a limited man that is trying to take care of his sheepfold. No, we've got a God who is literally able to pull off everything that he wants to pull off. And you know what? He wants to pull off a lot. I'll tell you why. Because he loves you and he cares for you. It's not an obligation. It's not something that he just feels like, well, I guess I, I created him, so I need to take care of him. No, he does it because he loves you. And I'm going to get a little more deeper into that in just a little bit. Amazing thing is this. God has promised to do these four things in our lives if we trust him to be our shepherd. <clears throat> he says, I'll provide for you. I'll protect you. I'll guide you. I'll correct you. Uh, or I'll correct the problems in your life and sometimes correct us as well. I will be your shepherd if you allow me to be your shepherd. All right, let's look at Isaiah chapter 40 and verse number 11. <clears throat> God takes care of his people like a, <coughs> like a shepherd. God says, I will take care of you. I'll guide you. I'll protect you, correct you. I will help you. I will be your shepherd is really what he's saying in that scripture. Let's look at Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 19. It says, my God shall meet your needs according to this modern translation, according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Now, that doesn't say that God's going to meet your greed. Amen. He said, I'll meet your need. Amen. I was telling Brother Tom before church and, uh, you know, God's blessing in different ways. And I thank God for that. But you know what? He meets our needs. If, and, and this is my point when we were talking. I said, if he gave us everything we wanted, number one, we didn't talk about this, but we'd be spoiled, right? We would be spoiled. And number two, this would be heaven. Right? This is not heaven, folks. Is that a shocker to you? This isn't heaven. But yet sometimes we act like it is. Well, God, what about this? And what about that? I want this and I want that. Well, uh, you know, the, the Smiths have this and the, you know, the, the Robertsons have that. And, you know, and we don't say it, of course, but we're thinking it sometimes. And, and so we get caught up into the American way of thinking, and we think this is heaven, that God has to meet every one of our wants, but he doesn't. That's not what a good shepherd does. It's not what a good parent does, Right. You know, I, I I was at the store uh, yesterday and going down the aisle and uh, this kid, you know, he was wanting. You could tell he really wanted this toy. And I thought I'm, I'm wondering if uh, you know if he's going to get it or not. I was just kind of curious. I didn't care. <laughs> wasn't my kid. I wasn't paying the money. But I was kind of curious on it. And you know, the dad responded, you know, more in a way that. Uh, you know, it was more of a no, you know, it was just a plum. No, uh, but, but the thing is, I can guarantee you this man could afford whatever toy that was. Amen. Now that doesn't mean he always says no, probably, but sometimes we don't give our kids everything they want. Amen. Or am I the only parent that's like that? No, we all do that. Don't we? Because we understand that there has to be a no, because there are limits in life to what we can have and what we cannot have. And I think that when we understand that, that God, you know, doesn't want us to, uh, to be spoiled or he doesn't want us not to have that desire for, for heaven uh, where we will get everything we want, by the way. There will be a time when we get to heaven, anything we want, anything we desire, we will have. But the thing is, we're going to be so distracted by the King of kings and the Lord of lords that we're not going to be that worried about everything else. Amen. I wonder why we can't be like that now down here on earth a little bit more and get our focus so much on the Lord. And I I believe that we are in that realm. I really do. I think that there's great hope for the church because our our focus is on the Lord and him. uh, Number one. Amen. It's okay to desire and want things of of the life to a point. But he's got to be our number one. And if he's our number one, then we've got an understanding that he is going to be our shepherd and he will take care of us. God says, I will uh, meet your needs. Our wants our will come later on in, in eternity, but he said, I, I will meet your need. He doesn't say, I'll think about it or perhaps that'll happen, but he says, I will meet your needs. So when God makes a promise, guess what? To his children, his character's on the line. Amen? How many believe that? When God makes a promise, and it's his will for us to have whatever it is, and I'm not the name and claim it uh, preacher here but i do know that god's character is on the line and if he says that you know i'm gonna do this for you or do that for whatever you know the uh, i'll take care of your needs let's just keep it in that category right there i'm not talking about the you know the uh, frivolous things of life that we really don't have need of but when it comes to our needs then you can you can take it to the bank that he's going to take care of you amen Praise God. I love your testimony, Brother Tom. I'll be honest with you. I was very encouraged because I've seen, you know, the, the struggles of life and the, the, the difficulty of trying to take care of a family and taking that step of faith. And, uh, you know, uh, maybe the one income or whatever God had directed you all to do uh, that he may not require to everybody, but he, he, that's what he wanted you all to do. And you took that step of faith and you see the blessings of the Lord and you see how God has taken care Of his people. And that's encouraging to me. I I know that God follows through with his promises to take care of our our needs. Now, what does all include? It means spiritual needs, it means financial needs, it means health needs, it means that you know the relational needs that we have with others or or even family. Every need, everything that we have need of, the Bible says that He's gonna take care of. And I've seen the, the financial blessings upon people that you know, they take that step of faith, and they know that you know there's not a lot of wiggle room, but God, I'm going to be obedient to your scripture. I'm going to do what I know to do, and I've seen it over and over again where the blessings of the Lord will take care of the, the needs that people have in their lives. We ought to give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that. Thank you, Lord, for recognizing and fulfilling your word. <clears throat> now, if God has promised to provide all of your needs to protect you, to guide you, uh, when you're confused, to correct you whenever you're wrong, to correct the problems of your life. What does it leave us to, to worry about? I mean, really think about that. If he promises to take care of our needs, <clears throat> and he is our shepherd, and, the Bible, and, and we say, I shall not want. Lord, you're my shepherd, and because of that, I shall not want. What do we have left to worry about? Anybody? Anybody? Now, I'm talking about faith here, right? I'm talking about faith in the Word of God. What do we have left to worry about? It's like having a deluxe insurance policy that covers everything. Amen? That you don't have to worry about. You don't have to worry about if something happens to your house, at least that part of it, you know, it's going to be taken care of. So you don't have to stew about, well, what if it burns down or what if, what if something happens? We'll lose everything. No, you won't because you got insurance you've got it all taken care of. It's like having a deluxe policy in the Lord that he said, I will take care of your needs, so don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. It's not a big deal. I've got it covered. And so uh, there are 7,000 promises in the word of God. That's a lot of coverage. Amen. That's some good insurance. You know, you can't even buy insurance like that. Because God has it covered. He knows what he's doing, and he's looking over our lives. So we don't have a whole lot to worry about. Amen. Now, there are there's struggles, and there's, there's times that we do have things that happen that come up in our life. And sure, we're going to be concerned about it. And you know what? There are going to be things that we are just, you know, there's going to be issues in a family. There could be health issues that, yeah, it, it does give a twinge of worry. You know, we wouldn't be human if we didn't let that, let the emotions of our, maybe some fear or some, uh, maybe even some anger at times, Uh, the Bible's uh, let us know that we can be angry and sin not. So I'm not saying that when we may initially look at something and have some, a little bit of worry or fear that, that, you know, that's not a natural response. But I will say this, and I'm going to stand on this, that if we are fretting all the time and that's all we think about. And all we are, and it could be a factual problem that you have in your life, and that's all you're focused on is just worrying and stewing and and just. Uh you know, not putting your faith in the Lord, but just putting your faith in what that problem is, then I believe that that is wrong. I think that we need to be able to just say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give this to you, and I am, I'm upset about this. This is a factual thing. I've got, I've got a son or a daughter or a mom or dad that's sick right now, but we still have to have faith and still function. Amen. So if we just give up and say, well, I'm just going to give up my, my everything. I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to just worry the whole time. I don't believe that's pleasing to the Lord. Amen? That may seem like, you know, that's out of touch. And it might seem like that's a little stringent. But I truly believe that at some point we're going to have to say, God, I'm going to cast my care upon you. Lord, I'm going to have enough faith in you to where I don't know what the outcome is going to be. And if it's, the way I, I, if it's the way of the negative road, then God, you're going to have to help me through this. But I know one thing. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to put my confidence in you. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to keep my faith in my God. Yeah. <coughs> now, how do I make God my shepherd? We need to understand God is not the shepherd of everybody. Amen. We have to make him our shepherd. That's our decision, whether or not we're going to live for God or not, or we're going to put our confidence in the Lord. That's got to be our decision. He's the only one uh, that he can reveal himself, but he will not become a shepherd to somebody that does not want to be uh, shepherded by him. In other words, we we cannot even have him be our Lord or our shepherd unless we make him our Lord. We have to make sure that we have the lordship right. If I'm the Lord and I'm the one that's working things out and I'm the one worrying, I'm the you know, I can pray to you, God, and I'm gonna give it to you, but then I'm gonna I'm gonna fix it all and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it myself. I'm not making him the Lord. I'm the Lord. It means that I'm in charge. It means I haven't cast my cares on him, but I, I might have prayed about it, but I haven't really relinquished control over that worry. Then, then that's where the shepherding part, we need to make sure that he's our shepherd and our Lord. That means that he's the one in control, that we relinquish control over to him. Now, to accept Jesus as the Lord means that he calls the shots. It means that he's the boss. You're not the boss anymore. I'm not the boss anymore. I don't want to be the boss of my life. There's too many things out there that can happen that I don't have any control over. You know, I might have used to think I had control over, but I don't have control over nothing. It can happen just like that, can't it? And so if, if, that could, if I'm going to live this life, I want to make sure that I'm not the boss that I'm not the one calling all the shots, that I'm not the Lord of my life, but God, I'm going to give my life to you, and you, I'm going to ask you to guide me and direct me and show me the way, and you tell me what to do. And if I'm led of you to do uh, whatever it might be, God, then I'm going I'm to listen to my Lord because you are the Lord. You are the one that's the boss. You're the one in control. I like it like this. Uh, Jesus as Lord means three things. John chapter 10 And verse 14 says, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And then it goes on to say, uh, if you read down a little bit further in verse number 27, he says, my sheep know me, all right? Now, this is the responsibility of of you and I. We know the responsibility of him. He's going to take care of our needs, right? All 7,000 promises he's going to take care of. But this is our responsibility right here. The sheep know me, they listen to my voice, and they follow me. All right. So he's got his responsibility. And if we made him our our Lord and he's our shepherd, then that means that we need to we need to know Jesus. We need to listen to him and we need to follow after him. Now, understand this again. Worry is a control issue. I worry about which those things which I don't have control over. So if I don't have control over it, then I'm going To worry about it, and I'm gonna, you know, and and the way that we uh, we uh, respond to worry is in many, many different ways. But I'll leave that up to you on how you've responded, or how maybe you, you know, you need to work on the response of your worry. But the bottom line is, it's a control issue. And if we are worried about something, we're gonna respond in a in a very curious way. The root behind all your worry. It's not that, that uh, you know, it's just bad things happening, but it's, it's a result of us not being able to, uh, 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 to control what is before us. Boring is assuming responsibility God never meant for you to have. You know, our whole entire life and our future and everything that's going on around us, he doesn't expect us to have control over those things. You know, when we send our kids off to school or, you know, uh, or we, uh, we are driving down the road there are so many things that we, we were not meant to have control over the kids that aren't even with us or or over another driver. We don't have control over that. He does, though. And so if he's our shepherd, that means that I don't have to worry about everything that could go wrong. Amen? Yeah. Has anybody ever fallen into that? You don't have to raise your hand, but, you know, I can tell by responses that, that you probably have, you know, and it's like... You know, uh, we've had discussions in the past of, you know, well, let's worry about that in in 10 years from now. You know, that's something that we, in 10 years, I promise you that we'll look into that. But right now, I'm trying to make it through the day, right? That's what she tells me. Hon, I'm just trying to make it through the day. Let's not worry about 10 years down the road. Uh, but, but that's, you know, we, we need to understand that there's some things that are, are down the road that we can, you know, take care of later on. But we were not wired or meant to take care of things that, that are not to even be, you know, looked at even right now or be able to be handled at this time. And I think that that's where we have to relinquish, once again, some of that control to where we're not worrying about things that we don't have control over. Now, who is in control of your life I think this is a question that we all need to ask ourselves: Who is truly in control of my life? And as you you get older, and I, you know, I'm, uh, I was telling Logan, I have been saying I was late to the saying that I was middle age, so I've got to stop saying middle age because I'm, I'm way beyond middle age. You know, I've been saying that for just a few years, but I said it after I was middle age. Well, as you get older and you pass the middle age part of life you have an understanding that that there's not a lot of control that you you always have in life. And the things that you think that you did have control, you understand life a little bit more, and you know that it truly is a a vapor. I mean, it could be here one day and and gone the next. Maybe it's being exposed to a lot of of things in life that lets you realize how fragile uh, life truly is. And so as you get older, you understand that. But I, I do know, as i've gotten gotten older that that i i truly want the lord to be my shepherd i i i i my faith in the lord is greater than it was whenever i was a younger man because i understand how much it is that uh, not only the necessity of the need but i've seen him work in so many ways i've seen him do things that that is so far out of my ability uh, to help somebody, but yet the, the right word or the right moment or the spirit of the Lord moving in the, the house of God or in somebody's life, I, I just stand back and I say, God, you know, I, I've been trying to help or I've been trying to work out a problem here, but just in an instant you were able to take care of that. And and so that has built my faith in knowing that God can take care of his people. If if we are his sheep my goodness, you know, we, we need to unlock that door of faith and that, that, that opportunity to believe him that he truly wants to bless his people. He wants to work through us. He wants to do great things uh, through our lives. And what he can do is so much greater than what I can do. Now, this is the deal. He doesn't co-pilot. He's got to be number one. Amen. He cannot just sit there next to you and say, oh, God, I got this one. Just sit back and relax. Right? He doesn't do that. He's not a good co-pilot. He, he won't be a co-pilot. He won't be a, a close number two. He's got to be the Lord and Savior of our life. He's got to be the one that's totally in control of everything that we do. Amen. And so if we can make him that, and 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 God God has a uh, just that that uh, that ability to move in our lives and be that that number one authority in our lives. I think that it will continue to unlock doors that that I believe that God is unlocking in our church right now. You know, I said Sunday, and I, I didn't always say this, and you know I haven't. i've I've said many times we are a good church, we are a good church. But I truly believe that God has brought this church to a level of being a great church. Is it because of the works that we're doing? No, it's not because of our, our uh, you know, we, we put ourselves in the position to receive, but it's by him moving through us. It's us allowing him, amen, allowing him to move through this vessel that we offer to him. And, you know, sometimes it's not a whole lot to offer, but, God, this is what you get here. This is all I've got. And you know what? God moves and ministers and does great things through his church. That's exciting to me because I know that God is in what we're trying to do, uh, not just in our local uh, families, our, our, our families and, and the local church, but also the, the kingdom of God. God is moving in a great way, and it's exciting to know that he's doing great things. Now, if you're in control of your life, this is what we have to be very careful about. We're playing God. If we've already made him our Lord and our Savior and then we're, we're manipulating or we're, we're determining our future instead of allowing God to lead us, then we're playing God of our lives. And God's not pleased by that. And He will not, again, He won't be a co-pilot or He won't be number two. He's got to be the one that's totally in charge. And so if you are running things, okay, in your life, and you're in control of them, then you should be worrying. Amen? then you need to be worrying. If you're in control and he's not, and he's not your shepherd, and he's not your Lord, then you should be worrying. You should walk out of here and you should be fretting. And you should say, oh my, I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow. I wonder what's going to happen next year. I wonder what's going to happen 10 years down the road. But I'll tell you this, that's not the way to go. But if he is your Lord, you don't have to worry. There's no, there's no sense in us worrying about things that we have no control over. Another way not to worry is, <clears throat> is to begin praying about everything, you know. Yeah, it might seem like an extreme statement, but I, I truly believe that we need, to, we need to pray more than we ever have. Now, you, you don't have time to pray. Uh, nobody's going to say that, you know, and I, I don't think anybody's even going to think that. But we do have time to worry right? Well, I don't know. I don't really have a, enough time. Well, I don't think anybody would even say that, but somebody that would, that's out there, maybe another church or something. I don't have time to pray. Well, do you have time to worry? Well, yeah, there's a lot to worry about in life. Well, pray during that time. Instead of worry, pray. Instead of, instead of being so uh, caught up in the problem, just bring it to the Lord. Say, God, I'm, gonna, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about this and it's on my mind right now, God, but I'm going to offer it to you. I'm going to talk to you about this thing. I'm going to let you know this is, the, this is the situation here. I know you already know it, God, but it makes me feel better to tell you about it. I want to make sure that you know what I feel about this problem right here. But as you were telling him and describing the problem, that's when we're praying and saying, God, but I do know one thing. I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to offer this problem to you. And I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to depend on you. And I'm going to have faith in you that you're going to work this thing out. Amen. That makes me feel good just saying it. We can cast every one of our burdens and cares upon the Lord. Worry doesn't change anything, but I believe that prayer does. Prayer gets in touch with God, with a God, the true God that can truly change things. Philippians 4 and 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs. Goes on to say, if you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can even understand. I love that translation. You won't even be able to comprehend how wonderful it is to know that I've got peace in the midst of my worry. Amen. Whatever whatever it is right now that you're thinking about, that you're concerned about, if you can cast it to the Lord. Now, this isn't pie in the sky, and it's like, okay, now uh, it's going to be fixed no matter what. I'm not saying that. I don't know what the will of God is. I don't know that. But I'll tell you one thing. He's got a better shot at solving that problem than you do by just thinking about it and just by worrying about whatever it is. If it's big enough to worry about, then I believe it's big enough to pray about. God has the ability to take care of anything. He goes beyond our anxiety and our concerns. Amen. Casting all your care upon him, for he cared for you. Cast means to unload, means to let go of. In the Greek, it literally means to drop or unload it. See, the, the, the problem is that a lot of times whenever we're casting our care, uh, it's like casting when we're fishing, right? Shoo, goes out there, and Brother Kenny taught me. I... Biggest fish I ever caught in my life. I caught whenever he was with me at Silver Lake. Amen. Thank God for good fishermen. So I'm casting that thing out. He showed me how to, you know, do whatever it is with the bait and all that stuff. And I I caught a a pretty nice fish. But you know what I was doing when I'm casting? I'm bringing it right back. Cast out. Bring it back. That's not what this word is saying. He's saying cast your cares like a baseball let go of that thing. Don't, don't hang on to it. Don't bring it back in. Don't pick it up at the altar before you leave. And that's what was going on on Sunday. I believe that some people were delivered of problems that they've had many times that they keep bringing to the altar and bringing home with them and, and you know, carrying throughout the week and then coming back next Sunday and doing the same thing. I truly believe that we were casting some things and letting go of some things that we don't have to carry again. That's not the will of God for us to carry these things around. And so when He said to cast your care upon Me, He's saying cast it and let go of it. Don't worry about it. You gotta you gotta disconnect from the the worrying part of your problem and let God be God of your problem, whatever that might be. By trusting God and not dwelling on the setbacks, we recognize that God's hand is uh, uh, a part of the. Uh, of the the miracle and the experience that we're going to have in him we can identify it we know that the fingerprints of God is all over that that problem that you had and as God begins to work it out and it might be a gradual thing where you wake up one day and you're like man that's not even a problem anymore I remember six months ago that's all I thought about that that was my deal anybody know what I'm talking about there some of you that you know came to the Lord the last few years are 25 years i don't know and 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 it was just a a burden that you would you know you're trying to clean up and you know that you were a process in the works and you were worrying about it because here you are sitting in church worshiping the lord and looking all holy and stuff and then you're still struggling with some things out there and then one day you woke up and you maybe you're just having this realization right now and you're thinking i don't even have that problem anymore But I do remember that was a worry. That was a concern that I had that I I carried all over the place and and it's gone. That's the way God works in his people. Amen. And so if we can let go of those things and if we can give them to him, then that process and that growth and that that, that, uh, progression in the spirit will take place if we're able to allow him to do the work in us. I like this scripture here. Matthew six thirty two, it says, Your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all things, but seek ye first. All right? First of all, this is what's so beautiful. He knows that you have need of all these things. God already knows. You don't have to remind him. It's okay to remind him, but he knows all about your needs. He understands your concern. He understands your emptiness and your hurt and your brokenness. He knows all about that. So take comfort in that. I don't say that in a, you're just kind of brushing over your hurt. I'm not I don't mean it that way. I'm saying that God knows you and he knows everything about you. He knows your temperament, he knows your fear, he knows your anxiety, he knows your brokenness, he knows your past, he knows why you think the way you think. He knows the mishandling of you. He knows everything about you. He's the he's the master designer of your life. Literally, of your life. So he says, he knoweth that you have need of all things, but this is the kicker right here, verse number 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. you got to seek him first. God, I'm not going to seek worry first. I'm not going to be the Lord of my problem, but God, I'm going to seek you first. You know that I have need of this, God. So your word says that I need to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. In other words, I'm going to have faith in your promises that they are yea and amen, and that you're going to take care of me. Amen? Another really good one, we know this scripture. This is like the, the most popular scripture in the last five or ten years, uh, last five years probably. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. That's a great promise. God knows the ending. He knows what he wants for you. He's got that desire. So if he could be your shepherd, if you allow him to be your shepherd, then he will give you the expected end that's already planned out. What's an expected end? What does that mean? It means that he already knows what the plan is for your life. Amen. It's beautiful to know that God has a plan for your life. From the very beginning to the very end, he's got this plan already laid out. And every step that you take, the steps of a good man are ordered to the Lord. It means that every step that you take has been ordered to the Lord. But what if I get off track? doesn't matter. All things work together for good. If you're a follower, if you're the call according to his purpose, even if you get out of the will of God, God can use that for his glory. That's what the word says. I'm not being flippant about being disobedient. I'm saying be obedient. But even if you do, if you are the called, God's going to work that out for his glory. That's how much he has a plan and cares for you. When you focus on trusting in the Lord and God's plan, uh, you're you're able to have hope instead of worry. Amen. Now, there's a third thing for us to do if we want to deal with worry And that's the concentrate on one day at a time. And I kind of got ahead of myself a little bit ago. But again, let me reiterate that we do need to take one day at a time. Matthew 6 and 34 says, Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. And Jesus is saying, you know, don't uh, get the umbrella out before it even rains. Amen. Does that make sense? If we were walking around, we know it's going to rain tomorrow. And I walk in, hey, Pastor, good to see you at Walmart, but he was walking around with an umbrella. He got out of his car, and he's walking around ducking and looking up. And you know why? Because it was forecasted to rain tomorrow. So I'm going to worry about tomorrow, today, and I'm going to stick that umbrella up. How foolish that would be. Come on. Is that foolish or not? Are you still with me? It's only 8 o'clock. It'd be light for another hour in the summer. You know, but yet how many times do we do that? We worry about things that aren't even in our life today. And so what God is saying, he's saying, don't take any thought for tomorrow. That will take care of itself. I will deal with that later on. It's going to be it's going to work out. But you just take thought of today. Seek first the kingdom today. This is the day. This is the moment that you need to seek after me. And so the future can seem overwhelming, so God gives us in bite-sized pieces of life, and it's called day-to-day, and that's one day at a time that we live for Him. Uh, all right, the last part that I want to talk about is what's, what is it that, that has you worried? What is it? Hey, Amen. We're not going to open it up necessarily unless you really need a lot of therapy, you know. We'll try to help you together, and we'll just lay hands on you because we don't know what we're doing as far as solving your problem, he does, so we'll just go to him. But what's got you worried? Answer that question in your mind. You know, is there something that just, you know, your stomach sinks and you just, you know, it, just in the pit of your stomach, you think about it and it just, it worries you. And, um, you know, and as my, you know, my wife and I, we'll talk about things, and it and, uh, wasn't long ago I told her, I said, my number one concern you know, and I said it like that. I said, my number one concern is, and I told her what my number one concern was. And we all have them. I, and my point is, is that we all have them. We have things that, you know, if there's gonna be one in the top 10, the number one thing would be whatever it is. And so, I, you know, I don't know what that is for you. I, don't, I, don't, I really don't know what that, that problem might be. But one thing that we do know, is that our Heavenly Father does know all about it. And we can take comfort in knowing that God, you know, uh, whatever we might be stewing about or we might be worrying about, and we really should, we need to be careful not to do that a lot, but we just how we're concerned. We need to, we really have to understand that God knows where you're at. Amen. Why do I say that? Because He's your shepherd. He's your shepherd. And a good shepherd is aware of the flock, He's aware of the, 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 the problems that are out there. So he already knows uh, that, that you've got that need and that he will give you that, that, that answer if you regard him. And I think that, you know, we want him to regard us, but we need to regard him. We need, we need to recognize him and say, God, you know, I trust you. Is he trustworthy? You better believe it. But is, are we worthy of his trust? does he trust us to cast our cares on him and to put our faith in him and not try to work it out by ourselves and i understand i'm not being um, insensitive to your need i I respect your need and i i I, you know my thing is i wish i could take care of your need whatever it is but i can't do that of course you can't take care of mine but our heavenly father can and he does care for us as we stand together i I began to look at Psalm 23, and I started counting how many times uh, you'll find uh, the word I, my, or me is used in Psalm 23, and it's uh, 20, uh, 17 times in these six verses that the I, my, or me is used. And so and when you look a little bit, little bit further, the word you, talking about God, is used five times. He and his are used about eight times. So when you put those together, what we have here in Psalm 23, and this is why it's such a beautiful psalm, is you've got a relationship, a personal relationship or a personal psalm from me to God and from God to me. There's a connection here. That's why this psalm is so beautiful and and why there's words of comfort when it comes to a funeral or something. You know, when somebody has a loss in their life, we can find a lot of comfort because you know, we just can't say the, the words that, that match the, the need, you know? You, the words are just so cheap when it comes to the, the, the monumental need that somebody has in their life. But when you combine God with a need and you start matching him up with the need that they have, that's comforting. Amen. It's comforting because I've got needs, and so I can go to him, and he cares, and it's not just that God is obligated, once again, like I said earlier. It's not that he's, you know, they're my creation, so I've got to do something about them. I've got to take care of them. No. You know, it's like us saying, well, I had the kids, so i got to take care of the kids. You know, what was I thinking? Wouldn't that be horrible? Wouldn't that be terrible if a parent thought that? You should not think that. No. <laughs> That'd be a horrible thing. You know, I had the kids, so i got to take care of them. I don't want to. I got to take care. Somebody's got to take care of them. No, we do that. We do that. We take care of our kids because we love them. Amen. We, we care for them. And that's our shepherd, is that that relationship is, you know, he's my God and I'm his, I'm his sheep. And, and so that, that bonding, that relationship is something that can help us with our stress, where we can cast our care and say, God, you know, I, I don't want to spend my whole, you know, Christmas season. Or, I'd, you know, the, the months that are coming up are going to be busier. What I've just gone through has got me worried. And I don't know, you know, some of the, the ramifications of some decisions that I've made in the, in the past. And I'm really worried about that. No, we need, to, we need to just say, God, I'm going to offer this trust to you. I'm going to, I'm going to put my confidence in you. And I know that you're going to help me get through this. Religion's not going to help you. It's not going to get rid of your stress. It's not going to be a matter of you joining the church. It's going to be your relationship with your, with your Heavenly Father. It's going to be your relationship with the shepherd that's going to help you live a stress-free life. Amen. Will all the problems go away? No, they won't go away. You'll never hear that here. Behind this pulpit, you'll never hear that. But I do know that he'll walk through that with you, and he'll comfort you. Amen. He loves you and He cares about you. and He'll take care of our stress. Lord is my shepherd. There's only one real Lord. He's the only one that is the true shepherd. All the others are fakes. They're phonies. They're frauds. Amen. Anything that says, oh, you can come to me and I'll take care of you, that's a fake, phony, and a fraud. But He's the real deal. He's our Heavenly Father. He's our Savior. He's our shepherd. And we can go to Him and we can say, Lord, you... You are my shepherd, and because of that, I shall not want, and then we're going to go on a little bit further next Wednesday, and we'll go, we'll see what else God has for us. Amen? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise together. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God's good, isn't he? I love being part of the church. I love the word of God. I feel so encouraged knowing that he is, he's our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you. For all that you've done. Thank you for this congregation, Lord. The hungry people that have gathered together, Lord. Your sheep, Lord, that have gathered together.